My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. Mist and peeved. Mist and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be mist and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I'm the word. It's a real world. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real one. I don't use it. Not in your vocab. Down to dog. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleicher, part of DailyThunder.com, also all Mighty Baller Radio, and now Dash Radio. You may be listening to us on Dash Radio right now, and if you are welcome, we are an Oklahoma City Thunder show. We talk all things Thunder. We'll be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 p.m. Central Time, so thanks for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Grady Carter with Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. He is a GRI designee, which means that he knows his stuff. He knows the OKC market, he cares about people, and he wants to be your homeboy. And I know Grady personally, one of the best people that I know. He is so friendly and so fun, and he really wants to take care of you. So you can check him out at Homeboy OK is his realty business. He's so he's just so good, like just a good guy. You will immediately become his friend because that's how Grady uh, takes care of people. Uh, check him out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at homeboyok.com on all those social media platforms. Search Homeboy OK. So if you need to buy a home or sell a home, Grady Carter is your homeboy. And now, Matt Craig, on to answer your questions and to talk about the NBA season that started last night and to talk about the upcoming game against the New York Knicks at home. Matt Craig, what is up? What's up? Uh, we are one day away from the Thunder playing a real-life basketball game, uh, so I could not be more excited. Oh, it's going to be so good. Uh, I really hope Porzingis plays. I guess there's a chance that he doesn't, but uh, he better be playing, because if not, it could get real bad. Tim Hardaway Jr. will be taking like 50 shots on Thursday night, yeah. if not. Um, we got to talk about P.J. Dozier, because... Uh, not because of his game necessarily, <laughs> but because of a choice that was made. Uh, he was wearing number 35 yesterday at Thunder mm-hmm. practice. Uh, he wore it for the Mavs. Uh, he wears it. Uh, who, did, who did he say he wears it in honor of? I can't remember what that was. Oh, I'll pull that up. It's like someone that he was related to, wasn't it? I, yes. I, can, I can find that. But I, I honestly thought the funniest part of this whole thing was his reaction of like i, I didn't have any idea oh. that this would <laughs> this would offend anybody when right. i was thinking about it kevin durant's been in the league for like eight nine years pj dozier was like 10 years old when he was probably 12 years old when he saw kevin durant go to the finals as number 35 yeah like he grew up knowing 35 for the thunder and who that was so that was the funniest part of the whole thing for me it was that one interview quote where he was like Okay, what did they teach me when they were giving me media training? What did they teach me? Oh yeah, avoid, avoid answering. <laughs> it was that was the funniest part to me. That was hilarious. And the Thunder are in a weird position because he asks for it, and if you say no, you're kind of making a big deal out of it. Like, no, mm-hmm. we wouldn't let him wear it. 
And if you say yes, then obviously it's a big deal because people are going to freak out and his agent's going to tweet something. And, you know, honestly, this is a two-way contract. You know, the number 35, I don't really, I don't really see everybody just going crazy about it. And the Thunder are, were helped by like some bigger storylines happening yesterday, like Nikola Mirotic getting punched in the face by Bobby Portis and Gordon Hayward, you know, breaking (laughs) his leg and his ankle. I mean, yeah. I mean, like those, obviously those take, you know, PJ Dozier taking 35. Like that's, it's no longer a story, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. He's not really going to play for the Thunder. No. Uh, he's a very thundery guy, though, because he's six six. He's got like six eleven wingspan. He's a super athlete. Uh, he's not like the greatest shooter in the world, but he can create a little bit. What What have you seen from his game? Because I, I know you watch college yeah. ball. So what What do you know about PJ? I've watched a lot of him. I want to say first of all, uh, just so we can get it on the record, Reggie Lewis, former Boston yes. Celtics, that's it. Uh, legend, perhaps. Who no? He's only a legend because uh, he unfortunately he died uh, at age twenty seven mm-hmm. um, in nineteen ninety three, uh, and he was the guy that PJ Dozier is wearing the number for. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, the the interesting thing about the number, real quick, is that James Harden's number to thirteen was so held so sacredly. Yeah, and they wouldn't give that to anybody. It seemed like. And I know Nazi Muhammad wore it a little bit, but he uh, he never played. I think he appeared in like two total games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were very sacred with that. Whereas this one, they seemed a little more uh, cavalier in handing it out. So that was that was kind of what stirred the pot a little bit. But yes, yeah. let's talk about Dozier as a player. So I watch a lot of college basketball, um, even before I was, you know, obligated to for my job. I, I'm just a huge college basketball fan. So I watched a lot of PJ Dozier and you're absolutely right in that he fits the thunder mold exactly, uh, of having a high ceiling and a lot of potential because he's six, 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 11 wingspan. As you said, he's a very good athlete. I would not say he's an elite, you know, transcendent level athlete, but very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's very strong. He has like, he has an excellent NBA prototypical body for a, shooting guard, small forward type position. Uh, and he projects to be a very good player. Now his jump shot is just bad. It's not, it's not, not good. It's just bad. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, inconsistent mechanics. He has bad misses and that's usually, uh, an indication that he hasn't really haven't had it figured out. The thing I like about him is he has a very good feel for the game. Um, his, I would say he compares well to Daniel Hamilton in that uh, Hamilton's a better shooter, but, um, they both are a little erratic. I, I think Hamilton has a higher skill level, but he has a less feel for the game. I think he has a very poor feel for the game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dozier has a good feel for the game, but he's not very quick. His skill level as far as you know, making those quick dribble moves and uh, decision-making is not as high. But yet you see flashes of great vision and flashes of those things. It'll be interesting to see for me if he tries to transition to being a 1-2 combo guard or a 2-3 wing um, in the NBA level. But either way, he has a lot of development to do, and I don't see him playing almost at all for the Thunder this season. I think him and Hamilton play similar positions, and they'll give the nod to Hamilton. Hamilton might be a little farther along, uh, so I don't think he's going to play that much. We don't really need to focus too much on it. Yeah, and I like the move for this reason only, is that you need quality wings in this league. And yeah. If you can just try out as many of these guys and kind of keep them, 
you know, at least with the blue and give them a shot to play for the Thunder eventually. I think that that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, I, I didn't think keeping Samaj would be a very good plan on a two way because I just don't really see like a path to him becoming like even a backup in the league. So I'm really glad they let go of him and they are able to shed a ton of salary cap space with that too. So that's really good. Uh, I just think it was a smart move. And I, yeah. I don't know that either one of these two-way guys will end up working out, but at least you get like another bite of the apple. Unlike, yeah, unlike Samaj, exactly as you said, uh, PJ Dozier really looks like the type of guy, if just from his body and the flashes of brilliance, like I said, mm-hmm. looks like a guy that'll be an NBA player at some point. Um, I think he looks better at this point than Josh Hustis did. With you know, Hustis is another guy that had a good feel for the game and a great NBA body, but not a very refined skill set at this point. I think Dozier is farther ahead than him uh, coming out of college. And I think he will be an NBA player at some point, whether or not that's for the Thunder is yet to be seen, but yeah, definitely that's what you use. I think that is what NBA teams will use these two way contracts for is rolling the dice on some guys that are high risk, high reward. Um, And Dozier could be that. Yeah. And he's, he's, he'll turn 21 here in like a week. So he's still pretty young, still has a chance to develop and, you know, you just never know. You never know with these guys. Today's show is brought to you by Anchor Down. One of my favorite places to go is Anchor Down. One, because it's a cool spot down on 2nd Street in Deep Deuce. It's in these big red shipping containers. Uh, has a great patio. Has a little dog park next to it. It's just a really cool place. Uh, also, their food is just incredibly fresh. You get their salad. It's fresh. They make their own chips there. Uh, they have their hand-dipped corn dogs that are just delicious all their drinks are so good uh, and the people are great the people that work for them are great they're friendly uh it's just a fun environment so please go check out anchor down today uh if you work downtown you can go to there for lunch if you're out late night they're open late uh, you can pretty much go anytime for lunch or dinner or late night it's fantastic follow them on instagram facebook twitter at anchor down okc And also keep a lookout for the press opening so soon within the next few weeks. You're going to see stuff on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also with them, the press, OKC. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic restaurant. These guys only do the best. And I promise you that this is not going to disappoint. If you know the mule, it's delicious. But keep an eye out for the press. Uh, I will let you guys know when it's open and ready to go. But follow them on social media. You can kind of see what they're working on, uh, some of their new dishes that they're making. Uh, it's going to be a delicious place. So check out Anchor Down and then prepare yourselves for the press. Storyline, Gordon Hayward broke his ankle, foot, tibia last night, and it was terrible. Like, that's just, I mean, it's just awful. The The Celtics are a team that had, like, if anybody has a chance to beat the Cavs, in the East, you probably put the Celtics at the top of that list. Now they are definitely not, in my opinion. I think Haywards was their best player. Uh, and to see a guy like that go down in like the first five minutes of the season really sucks in such a horrific way. I mean, just the reactions that you got from the crowd and the bench and all the, the opposing players and LeBron. I mean, it was just it was just bad. I don't really have any other commentary other than that, like, but it's just awful for the league. I was so excited for the NBA season, as was everyone else, and that was so traumatic, just the whole incident, it was so traumatic that 
it made me turn on baseball. And for anyone that oh, for wow. anyone that for anyone that knows me, uh, I don't watch baseball at all, and I find it just boring in general. Um, and I was I was just so bummed out and so disturbed that i was like all right let's uh let's see what the astros and yankees are doing uh <laughs> for at least a good i mean until that game was over and then i flipped back to it and the game ended up in uh ending in pretty exciting fashion but yeah. i i just didn't want to watch basketball after that because in the minutes you know following that every time a guy would jump or come down i was just nervous i was just uncomfortable and i was like is everyone okay you know that was like <laughs> my only response so it was that was disturbing it really was and i guess there's mixed reports on when he'll be back or what the you know actual injury was all night you know nba twitter was putting on sherlock holmes hats um, and i don't think anyone was able to solve it but Man, that was tough. That was really tough, and it put a damper on the opening night of the NBA. Yeah, it really did. And you're right. The game ended up being kind of fun down the stretch. This Cavs team is so weird. Like, I don't really know what to think about them yet. The only reason that they won that game is because they have LeBron James. The other team did not have LeBron James. Uh, they're It's a weird mix of guys, and I feel like they have a lot to work out. And then... You know, the, the young guys for the Celtics looked pretty good. Jalen Brown, although he was not great on defense because he's covering the best player in the world, uh, he looked really good on the offensive end. And Jason Tatum looked like he belonged. Uh, Marcus Smart did Marcus Smart things where he uh, does spectacular things on defense and then spectacularly dumb things on offense. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how the – I don't know what the Celtics' like win total like adjusted will be because they were probably in the 50s. With Hayward, I don't know if that like five wins, it's like ten wins. Like I have no idea. I think, uh, I mean, time will tell. But I think that it's just a massive loss. And if we've seen anything from the history of Kyrie Irving having his own team, quote unquote, uh, it's not real good for Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, my only other note would be it was interesting to watch the push and pull. Uh, between Kyrie Irving wanting to play the way Kyrie Irving wants to play yeah. and then the, the Brad Stevens offense. I thought there was times where there was just really great actions off the ball that set Kyrie up for great uh, one-on-one situations. And he took advantage, and I was like, wow, we didn't see that last year in Cleveland. And then there was times where I saw Kyrie just take the ball and try to do his thing and take a tough shot and miss, and I was yeah. like, well, now you're pulling Boston down with you. So – that is an interesting dynamic that's only going to be more interesting now with Gordon Hayward out because they're going to heavily rely on Kyrie. Uh, and if, for those that are saying, well, what about Isaiah Thomas last year? If you watched the Celtics last year, Isaiah Thomas, yes, had a high usage rate and yes, was a gunner, but he did it very much within the actions of the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a good job of that. And Kyrie Irving would prefer to just go playground one on one. So that will be fun to watch for the Celtics. I still think, you know, you said, well, the Cavs just won because they have LeBron James. Well, unless something happens, they're going to continue to have LeBron James for the <laughs> duration of the season and in the playoffs. So I think I, I think the East is still not very interesting, at least compared to the West. But yeah. um, I, I do think that's interesting to watch on the Celtics. Yeah. And then the late game last night, the uh, the Rockets pulling out a one-point victory against the, the Golden State Warriors, which... As a Thunder fan, feels pretty good to see something like that happen <laughs> opening night. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you about that. Uh, it was really a fun game down the stretch, too. It really not until like getting into the fourth quarter did it feel all that fun, at least to me. 
because they had like a 12 point lead heading into the fourth and you're like, oh, this just feels like the inevitable thing's going to happen. Uh, Draymond Green uh, hurts his knee, goes out, uh, and basically everything changes from there. They had to play like David West and yeah, that changes everything for the Golden State Warriors and they weren't really able to adjust. They weren't able to really score even from that point on. Uh, the Rockets looked really good on defense and they kind of let Harden do his thing and Chris Paul didn't play down the stretch. Uh, because he was kind of gimpy throughout the game. I don't know. He he looked really old. I don't know if it's just like a lingering <laughs> injury or what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harden was spectacular, and Eric Gordon was like looked like Clipper Eric Gordon. He was so good. Uh, that I mean that was it was a it was a fun game, and it was even more fun that uh, all the Warriors fans cheered as uh, Kevin Durant hit a shot that didn't matter, and then had to realize that it didn't count and their team lost. That was very Miami Heat esque. How many how many times do we see the Heat fans cheer on after a foul or yeah. you know very obvious thing where it was like, okay, you guys don't know anything about basketball, right? Uh, no, I, I will say this though. After watching the Gordon Hayward thing and then seeing Draymond get hurt, it it really makes you appreciative of how good the Warriors have been mm-hmm. and how lucky they've been with the injuries right. and how one thing one back cut. Alley, you jump up and get smashed between two people and come down wrong can change your entire season. I mean, mm-hmm. we watched that real time on the Celtics players' faces in the moments after Gordon Hayward went down. And it's like, I mean, let's not throw this whole season away because one moment, one play can change the entire outcome of how good the Warriors are. I mean, the Warriors have a lot of great pieces, but what makes the Warriors unbeatable is how well they play together in the system as a whole. And you really need all of the pieces uh, for that to happen. So I woke up this morning to see the Golden State Warriors are last place in the Western Conference standings. (laughs) And I thought to myself, oh, what a wonderful world. I did a little dance out the door this morning. (laughs) I'm with you. Uh, We'll put our saltiness aside now. I know some of you are not Thunder fans and you're listening. You're like, oh, come on, guys. Like You're just so salty. Yep, we are. We are incredibly salty. <laughs> we'll continue to be that way for a long time. Uh, but we are going to answer some questions from the listeners on Twitter. This is from at Austin S1027. How many games does Melo sit out this season to rest, assuming that they'll hide it as an injury? Yeah, I, I think they will hide it as an injury because the NBA is trying to crack down on the rest, first of all, first and yeah. foremost. But what is interesting is, other than the year that they wanted Carmelo to shut it down, he has actually been remarkably consistent um, in the last, since 2012-2013, he's played at least 67 games every season, other than the, the one season where he shut it down. I mean, he's played 70 to 73, you know, somewhere in that range, the last three, and I think, uh, barring an injury, I would expect him to be in the 65 to 70 range this mm-hmm. season. I mean, I think... The way that he plays, uh, and perhaps this could be a criticism too, he's not really putting himself at much of an injury risk, um, and he's not he's not flying all over the place. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe we should, we should just leave it there. But that's not that's <laughs> not what he does. Um, and I think he he should be able to play sixty five to seventy games, uh, and that's you know that's reasonable. That's yeah. that's really good for a player of his caliber, and also not asking him to do too 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 much. Yeah, and and you'll see him sit out maybe some back to backs with quote unquote knee soreness or something like that. Like they play like Dallas on a back to back here um, coming up in November, and then they play Atlanta on the first night of a back to back in December. And it's like okay, you know what? 
Mellow, just chill out while we play Atlanta and beat them anyways. Uh, and keep yourself rested and ready for the playoffs. I think that those things will probably happen. Uh, and the truth is, these guys are always dealing with something. And so you can just say, you know what? Melo's been a little bit sore lately. He's got knee soreness. That's what we're going to call it. And he's going to sit out. Uh, I don't think it's going to, I don't think that these rules are going to stop teams from resting guys. Um, just because the regular season guys are always dealing with something and they can just, they'll just have to name it. Uh, and I think that you'll see, you're right, maybe like, I don't know that it'll be more than like five or six games and then he may have actually have like an injury here and there. So um, you're right, it'll be 70, I think probably 70 plus games as long mm-hmm. as he stays completely healthy. It, it seems to me that the NBA wanted to come out saying that they have cracked down on this and kind of are doing it as a formality. I, I don't see the NBA being too tough on this, on this rule. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, next question from at Tim Kurtz. How badly is Cantor going to destroy our backup bigs? <laughs> and therefore, how quickly do OKC fans demand we trade Robertson for him? <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw this question. This was this was hilarious. But I think the reception tonight, or not tonight, tomorrow night is going to be incredible for wow. Cantor. The mm-hmm. he for all of his deficiencies on the court, he really endeared himself to the fan base here. Um, yeah. With that being said. I think just as a general rule this season, the Thunder have made their moves, uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't go asking or thinking or demanding too many trades yeah. uh, or you know any kind of moves this season. I think what's been done has been done, and, and Thunder fans should be <laughs> really happy with that. Let's not you know go ahead and start speculating unless you know something goes horribly wrong, uh, in which case yeah the speculation will be rampant. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would just say as a as a rule of thumb. Uh, there's not any trades to be made. That being said, that you could see some, you know, what if we had Ennis Canner, we may have won the rebounding advantage tonight, or you know, whatever stupid yeah. stuff like that throughout the season. Yeah, stay away from sports talk radio if something, if like after a bad game or something, because it's going to be. Oh, you know what? If they had Canner, we wouldn't even have this problem. We just got to go get Ennis Canner. We got. We need somebody to be on the block. Somebody needs to get easy buckets, you know, just be around the basket, get easy buckets. We need Ennis Canter back, and you got Robertson out there, and I can shoot better than he can. And I mean, you're going to hear it. So Mm -hmm. I'm go ahead. I'm giving it to you now, so you can replay that if you need to after any loss that the Thunder had this season. Uh, I just don't buy it. You know, there's going to be some growing pains with this team. And was Ennis Canter helpful in the regular season? Absolutely. But you have to remember. Billy Donovan said, we can't play Cantor on the bench. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason for it. Like he, like, he just can't play against these elite teams if they match up against the Rockets or the Warriors or a team like that. There's just no way. Like He's just not effective anymore. Now the Thunder have a team full of guys that can play. They've got probably eight to ten guys that can play in a playoff series. And you couldn't say that last season. So just mm-hmm. cool it with your I, hot takes that haven't happened yet. Cool it. I mean, I took that tweet as being you know somewhat sarcastic. But yeah. I will say this to anyone who has that actual opinion. In what world do you not turn Victor Oladipo, DeMontis Sabonis, Ennis Kanter, and Doug McDermott into Paul George and Carmelo Anthony? You know, when you can find a world in which you don't make those two deals, uh, you can come talk to me. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have you call into some sports talk radio here <laughs> in OKC. You can, you can. Hey have- guys, it's Matt from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> um, from at Allen underscore Miller twelve. What's your favorite number on a jersey? 
Uh, yeah, if this is for me personally, I grew up worshiping JJ Reddick. Um, so I've always been the number four, yeah. I guess of people for, of a certain age, he was the great white hope. So yeah, he was, uh, I love the number 35 on PJ Dozier on everybody else. <laughs> I would prefer, I like number seven. I've always liked the number seven for the record. Uh, big fan of PJ Dozier wearing 35. I just wanted to get that out there. Big, <laughs> big, big fan. That's right. Um, from at says Higgs, uh, Michael Jordan says Russ is the player most like him. Who are the Thunder's 90-91 Bulls counterparts if Russ is MJ? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like this question. I'm going to be honest. Uh, as says Higgs, uh, I, you can do better, man. I, I mean, how are you going to compare, like, first of all, the era of 1992 now, but second yeah. of all, just teams throughout history, every team has built its own way. Like, what he wants us to do is to pick one of Paul George and Carmelo as Scottie Pippen and then have a hot take about how we don't value one of the other ones, you know, yeah. or something, you know, something like that. So I, I'm not I'm not falling into your trap, uh, says Higgs. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, like you look at the depth of that 90-91 Bulls team, it's not fantastic. Like it's really it's really not great. So you have like old Stacey King, B.J. Armstrong was pretty good. Um, but like Horace Grant, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, those are your three best players. Um, yeah, it's not great. And I'm never, ever going to say that Steven Adams is Bill Cartwright. So don't trick me into saying that either. Um, all right. Next question from at Johnny Ho 34. What are you most excited about for opening night? I am most excited to see the rotations. That's kind of a basketball, like a little bit of a minutia thing, I guess. But for me, I want to see who, which one of the big three comes out first. Mm-hmm. Paul George or Carmelo, I want to see which, who's the sixth man. I'm guessing Alex Abrinas could be Patterson. We don't even know if Patterson's going to play. Yeah, he should. Um, I'm, I'm just interested to see in a real game, who gets minutes and where and what the combination of lineups are because there's so many new pieces this year and I don't pay attention too too much to the uh, rotations in preseason so I'm I'm just very excited to see that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like who who is who are the ninth and tenth guys? Does he play more than that? Uh, beyond rotation, does Houston get in? That's yeah. that's a, a big question for me. You know, yeah. is is Ferguson get in? You know, I just want to see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, who are, who are these fringy guys who are going to play and are they effective? And it's, it'll be hard to really know that against the Knicks, but it'll just be nice to see, oh, like Josh is actually getting a chance this season or wow, like they really value Terrence Ferguson and really want him to develop this season. Uh, there'll be some conclusions to draw. And another question is how many tweets making fun of Kyle Singler should I have ready in drafts on Twitter? <laughs> Like three, five, seven. Like how? How much is he going to be playing? How much can I make fun of? Him? Well, he's in a suit, so he's not playing. No, he's already on the he's on the inactive excellent. roster. So that's excellent. But yep. I can maybe get two to three off. You know, yeah. for some cutaways to the bench. We'll see. That's right. Um, I'll also, just I'll be at the game, and so just being like a part and like being in the crowd and hearing. You know, the ovations for the starting lineup is just going to be insane. And then the ovation for Canner. And I mean, I think that the atmosphere is just going to just be insane. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. for that just to be in the building and, and kind of get a feel for that. 
I would never advocate <clears throat> this, but the Thunder are thir- between 13 and a half and 14 and a half point favorites. So the, the as far as uh, betting goes, so the Thunder are going to win. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun to see too. It, you know, starting the year one and one and zero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is from had Bobby Wheat Gallery or B Wheat Gallery. This is from Bobby Wheat. Uh, will Dozier be on the bottom of Katie's next shoe? The KD Elevens. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean he's gonna need like. I, I think the next one is just going to be a graffiti, you know, all the way across with all the haters that he has. Uh, you know, he's he lives such a tough life that he's going to need more canvas space to uh, write down all the names of people that have wronged him in his, you know, in his very challenging uh, couple of years that he's had in which he's won an NBA title and finals MVP and signed a massive contract. Yeah, yeah. tough. Yeah, he's he's got a bad man. It's just really it's it's really sad. Uh, from, or I guess Jess two four three seven, great listener. Shout out to Jess. She asked about PJ Dozier. Uh, we've already talked about him. Uh, last question from at D Tally Live. What would the roster look like if Rudy Gay never tore his Achilles last season? And what he's referring to is that the Thunder had uh, a theoretical trade in place to uh, for campaign. And Rudy Gay, and then it just mm-hmm. never happened because of Rudy Gay's uh, Achilles tear, and then also some of it had to do with uh, Cameron Payne's health, but it just never happened, and probably for the better. And everyone knows it had a lot to do with the Ennis Canner tweet uh, that tipped it off. You know that was that was the game changer in the whole negotiations process. No, mm-hmm. uh, I would say the one thing we do not know and can't know is were there any talks. Uh, between the Pacers and the Thunder going on at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's not a question who you would rather have between Rudy Gay and Paul George. And I think Presti knows that. And I was never, I was always hoping that the Rudy Gay thing wouldn't work out. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I still think you hold out until that time of year, late June, early July, to make a deal. I, I just, I think it would have been foolish to trade. Or any earlier than that for Rudy Gay, and then by the time well, he's a free agent in this summer. So they were, oh, so they were. This was trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This I is, remember. I was trying to remember when that Canner, that infamous Canner tweet happened. Mm-hmm. That would have been foolish to trade for him at, earlier. I think mm-hmm. what they did of having letting Russ have his year to shine, and then um, trying to figure out in the summer was the right was the right way to play it. I, I forgot that that was when that happened. Yeah. You you needed to just wait for a total reset, which the Thunder did, and then they got a better offer. Yeah, and they tried to. I mean, they there's no question that they wanted to bring Rudy Gay in this summer as a free agent, um, and they ended up, I think, getting the the better fit in Patrick Patterson. Uh, but they were offering him the Patterson deal, and he just didn't want to take that amount of money. And ended up getting more from the Spurs. So, but good for him. And I also think it's good for the Thunder as well, uh, in the long run, just because like, I can't imagine like Rudy Gay being on this particular team. Cause, right. Cause it could have happened. And then it's like, okay, really what's like, there really aren't enough basketballs. Well, um, at some point, like, and people were saying this, talking Richard Jefferson and then talking Jameer Nelson when they became free agents. Mm-hmm. Like at some point you need to have, you need to have a certain amount of guys that are really good. And, you know, like the Celtics a couple of, you know, last year and two years ago, like ran into the problem of having too many guys that are mm-hmm. decent. You know, I, I, I think even if they, I, 
I think picking up Rudy Gay as a free agent and just adding him in and you know he needs a certain amount of shots and a certain amount of minutes would have only hurt the team. Yeah, no question. And as far as how it will look different, the Thunder wouldn't have had that Bulls second rounder, which I think really kind of helped facilitate that mellow deal. And, you know, I guess that they could have included Terrence Ferguson, uh, you know, going forward if they didn't make that deal because they could still theoretically have all the other parts. Um, well, actually, they wouldn't have Doug McDermott either. So I don't know. It looks very different. I think that everything that happened happened just right for the Thunder. And had they have traded for Rudy Gay, then he expires. And does he come back? And did the Thunder have to give him a bigger deal to keep to keep him in Oklahoma City? And I mean, I think that it, it would have screwed with everything. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what um, Dustin's point is, is that you know the Thunder really dodged a bullet there. You know, mm-hmm. being able to deal for McDermott, the second round pick, and Todd Gibson, and uh, they they did really well. And some of that's luck. Like I don't think that Sam Presti would have said that that was all in his plan for all these things to happen. But a certain amount of luck has to happen to an NBA franchise <laughs> for them to be good. And you know, you look at every franchise in history that's won a title or at least been a conference finalist or something like that. They've they've experienced luck, and the Thunder have experienced some luck in this past summer, um, starting really starting with the non-Rudy Gay trade. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I do want to, I do want to have one quick note here and see what you think. The ESPN predictions that came out, 18 of 21 people on this ESPN panel predicted the Thunder would win their division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just in case the people out there needed, you know, a face to put on their dartboard, uh, Amino Hassan picked the Nuggets. Mike Mike Schmitz picked the Jazz, and Michael Wright picked the T Wolves to win the Thunder's division. Um, and I just I was just wondering, like, how the Jazz? <laughs> yep, that was one of them. How in the world? Amino Hassan's been a hater on the Thunder for a long time, and so like that surprises me not at all um, mm-hmm. that he would say that. Uh, I think it's pretty absurd because the Nuggets have. Just as many, if not more, problems than the Thunder do, like as a roster, and to to think that they're going to do that is pretty absurd. Like the T Wolves, I can see the path to that happening because they have all the talent and they have a good coach, and maybe everything just like falls together, and maybe they win one more game than the Thunder. Like I, I can see a world where that happens. But the Jazz is absurd. The Nuggets is absurd. Like that makes no sense. Uh, Man, Mike Schmitz, Mike Schmitz is smart. He's a smart guy. Come on, Mike. You can't pick the Jazz to win the Northwest Division. That's crazy. They, they, I mean, to me, they're like a fringe playoff team. There's, yep. I, I just don't see them making. So I thought that was ridiculous. And then the other thing I saw uh, just on Twitter was that Russ, PG, and Carmelo have the most combined all-star appearances of any big three in the league over uh, the new-formed Cavs big three and the Warriors. Um, so I thought that was cool i wouldn't have guessed that um just a lot of experience and and that's something that the people out there need to realize as the season goes on which is just like there's a lot of experienced players on this team Mm -hmm. let's not overreact to november uh and december basketball yeah exactly yeah temper your expectations for the start of the season because to me like the most encouraging thing about the preseason is that they were trying stuff like they're trying to make this work in the right way and they're not just doing your turn my turn uh, stuff that won't work, you know, in the playoffs. I think that they're trying to implement things for down the line. They're making kind of an investment right now, and it may cost them some wins. But ultimately, I think that it'll make them a better playoff team. So, 
Like, just be patient, enjoy the ride, but be patient with this team as they kind of, you know, develop. And you even saw it last night with like the, with Boston and the Cavs. Like, there were a lot of problems out there on the court. And I expect to see kind of similar things. And luckily, they play the Knicks on the, on the first night, and they yeah. don't have to play an elite team. Uh, you can follow Matt Craig on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig. You can follow us at Down to Dunk. If you're listening on Dash Radio, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you will be able to listen to us uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. So please join us on Dash Radio if you're in the car, listening on your phone, at your computer. You can listen to us there as well as anywhere you can get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. <laughs>